firstly, put down a very small deposit. So the equity is very, very, very tiny. And then to go and buy something that's overpriced, that's a double whammy. Mm. So it is something that it, I was quite cautious of. Um, and I was even more cautious of it when I recognized that actually buying a home for me seemed now like a status symbol. Mm. Okay. So mm-hmm. on social media, you were getting the average person, you know. Hello and welcome to Walk Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter, and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Hey, Peter, I'm cool, and I'm very well. Um, at a point of recording this episode, we well, I've just finished uh, the day the day job, <laughs> so I'm pretty exhausted. But this is one of those episodes that we felt needed to come out. Um, something that is uh, potentially happening to some people. So I think there's a lot of value to be had in this episode. And I'm looking forward to sharing some value exactly exactly likewise with you man i'm equally tired but we keep moving we keep doing what we're doing and we're always further encouraged by our listeners who like subscribe comment share our podcast it keeps us going so without further ado a massive shout out to our listeners um but no Jax, this is as you said quite a relevant topic or discussion that we're going to be having today and it's going to be a term that some may or may not be aware of um, or may have heard of and probably not thought it applies to them. And this is the term negative equity. Um, and we, when, we, when we're referring to this, we are referring into um, property, um, buying real estate and what that actually means. So first of all, before even actually going into the term negative equity, Jax, do you want to talk about what equity is when it comes to equity in a home and what all of this actually means? Yeah, absolutely. So we know the term equity is in the same family as ownership. Um, so that's the first thing potentially if, if anyone wants to understand what negative well not negative what what equity is is is, is ownership right so um whenever we talk about asset classes one of the asset classes that is quite popular is equities is where you buy shares in a company you become a part owner of that company so to cut a long story short yeah that is what equity actually is it is an ownership it is how much you own of a specific thing which is often an asset Love it, love it. Equity is ownership. And so this is a good thing. We obviously almost preach here on the World Finance Podcast that one of the main ways to generate in wealth for the long term is obviously owning things or putting your money in assets. Um, so we can assume that that is actually a good thing. Now, going on beyond that, you, you mentioned it's all about ownership as well. What does that actually look like when we, when it comes to owning assets in terms of like property? What does that actually mean and look like, I guess? Yeah. So um, just a few minutes ago, I mentioned the fact that, you know, equity is is ownership. Now, um, whenever we want to buy something, um, we, we, we can buy it cash. And so when we talk about real estate, essentially what we're talking about is buying real estate potentially with cash. But I don't know about you, Peter, but I don't. I didn't have a few hundred thousand pounds just sat in my bank account waiting for now, to. For now, for now, for now, for now. <laughs> you know, just 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 waiting to, to to buy a home. So often, what we normally use when we are uh, buying real estate, buying property, is we tend to take out a loan, um, and and it's called a mortgage. So essentially, what happens is we we pull some money together and we use that as part of a deposit, or it is our deposit. And then we borrow the rest from a lender um, and we use the combination of our money, the deposit and the lender's money to buy this home. OK, so let's use uh, 100,000 pounds or dollars. Mm. If I want to buy a property for 100,000 pounds, I can come up with a 10 percent deposit. That's 10,000 pounds. And I can borrow the 90,000 pounds from the bank. And so when we do that, we link up with the bank and we say, hey, you know, I've got 10,000, you give me 90,000 and we buy the property. When we buy the property, because the bank came or the lender came with 90% of the property, they own 90% of the property and we own or I own 10% of the property, right? That 90% is is called the LTV, the loan to value. And the 10% is my equity. The 10 grand is my equity in the home, right? So the home is worth 100,000 pounds. I own or my equity is 10,000 pounds. 
and the bank has given me a loan to value of £90,000, if that makes sense. Mm. And, and and that 10%, I guess, you know, when you put that into a property, we're using £100,000 for ease. Um, that 10% essentially that you have, that you own, that is the equity that you have in the home. Is that what you're essentially saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. That 10% as a percentage is my equity. That £10,000 is what I own out of that £100,000. And the lender owns the, the 90%. Um, and the, the reason why the, 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 the lender is, you know, happy to lend me so much money and only allow me to put on a small deposit is because I'm going to be paying them an interest on that mortgage. The mortgage is a loan. And also, if for some reason the house um, or I can't pay back the loan, I can't, I can't pay back the mortgage, they can actually sell the house for a value and gain back some of their money. Okay, so that's called a legal charge. When the lender you know, gives you money, they have a legal charge, which means they can actually sell the property if you don't pay your mortgage. Okay, and that's really nice for them, especially when they know that the value of the property can actually pay back that mortgage if you can't pay it back yourself. Hmm. Let's talk a bit more about that, the value of the property. So, and, 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 and that 90%, so to speak. So you, you know, you've got your home, you've got 10%. Um, you've got, you've got equity in the home, 10 grand in this case, right? As time goes on, you are paying down some of the 90%. Um, let's think of the positive way in terms of, you know, owning and um, having some equity and 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 in a nice positive scenario for now, then we can go on to the other side. In an ideal scenario, as the year goes by, as you're paying down your mortgage and potentially the value of the home changes, what is happening to this equity, to this juicy 10K you've got? <laughs> so what you're essentially doing is you are building up your equity in the home, right? Remember the home is the asset, you know, the numbers are the numbers, but a home is the asset. And so what you're doing by, you know, paying down your mortgage, which is paying down the debt, you are decreasing the amount of um, debts that you have to the bank or the lender, and you're increasing your value of the whole. And if the value of the property goes up, the amazing thing is because you own equity and you have a debt, the debt remains the debt. So you have to pay that back. But the equity, as it goes up in value, that belongs to you because you mm. are the owner of the whole property. Now, that might sound a bit strange because earlier I said that the bank owns 90% of the property. That is not necessarily true. What I really mean is they have debt. They've given you a debt. They've got an asset, which is the mortgage, which is your debt. And it is worth 90% of the current value of the property for which when you bought it. So... In, in terms of equity, the, the property is yours and you own the whole property, but you still owe the mortgage. So mm. you have to pay down the mortgage. And as you're paying down the mortgage, the value of your equity in the home is actually going up. And as I said, if the value of the property goes up as well, that extra increase in value is yours because you own the asset. You are the equity holder. I love that. I love that. So let's actually put this into to, to numbers before I go on to my next bit. With this, let's say you yeah. bought that home, 100K home, you put down 10% deposit, so for £10,000, after five years of paying down the mortgage as well as the interest on what we'll call a repayment mortgage, you've you've paid down some of that £90,000 you owe. So let's say after five years, I'm just throwing a number out, let's say after five years, you've paid down about ten grand. So that's... Um, you've paid down 10 grand, so there's £80,000 left to pay, um, leaving you with £20,000 in equity. On yeah. top of that, you, the value of your property says, hey, the, you know, time is going, the value of the property starts to go up and it goes up to all the way to £110,000. Your equity then increases. So what is the equity then, if that makes sense? Yeah, so, so listening to your example... All right, let me just get the math straight. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the value of your property has gone up by 10K. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's bank that. That 10K is yours, mm. right? And also you've paid down an extra 20K. Or was it 10K? Another 10K. Another yep. 10K, right? 
So that extra 10K is extra equity as well. Mm. So your your additional equity has gone up by 20,000 pounds, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's 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 start again. You had a property, you, it was a hundred thousand pounds. Mm. You borrowed ninety thousand pounds, okay, and you put down ten thousand pounds. Mm. That ten thousand pounds was your initial equity, mm-hmm. but you've paid down an additional ten thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. So you've made an additional ten thousand pounds in equity by reducing the debt. Mm. Also, the property price has gone up by ten thousand pounds. Mm. So you've made an additional ten thousand pounds. Mm. With all that said, now your equity in the home is thirty thousand pounds. Mm. Correct. Yeah, and that's that's what's amazing about even leverage because the property price has gone up. You've made an additional money without even, you know, taking out too much debt or that kind of stuff. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, and that's just a nice example, just how you know the the importance of equity and building that up. And also, Jax, it's almost like your it's strange to say, although you're paying down your mortgage and you're paying down to debt, which is annoying to be paying every month. Yes, <laughs> mortgage owners are aware of this. However, it's almost like you're contributing to a long-term savings account. I don't know if I'm looking at it right. You're looking at it absolutely correctly. And I think that's what people confuse. And that's why we say uh, secure debt is actually good debt, right? Because uh, what it is, is you've, you've, you've used the debt to purchase an asset um, and you're just paying back the, the asset price. Mm. That's all you're really doing, right? Over a period of time. So it is somewhat a savings pot because at the end of it all, you're left with 100% equity <laughs> in that asset. Um, the money hasn't just disappeared, you know, or, or just been spent on something that has lost value or, or, or has been consumed, which is often the case for consumer debt. Mm. Um, now, I know, of course, sometimes it's on a podcast when we talk about numbers, it can be quite confusing. Um, so I'll give another example just so our, our listeners can, can really understand the whole essence of, of you know, positive equity. Brilliant. If we increase the prices from, let's say, 100000 to, you know, 150000 <clears throat> So let's say uh, the value of your property has gone up so well because, you know, there's a new, I don't know, train track that's been created around the area. And now the value of a property has gone from £100,000 to £150,000. Remember, you still only owe £90,000, okay? Mm. So that extra increase in £50,000 is actually all yours kind of thing that adds Mm. to your equity, okay? And that's the amazing thing about leverage. And that's why property investors love leverage. And that's why also people talk about getting on the property ladder because Mm. what we know generally is the prices of property tends to go up. So actually, you want to be on the ladder as soon as possible to benefit from the from the, from the increases in uh in property prices. And also, um, when property prices are going up, if if you're not on the ladder to get on, you have to save a higher percentage or a higher actual amount of money because the property price is so high. You have to you know ten percent of one hundred and fifty thousand is completely different to ten percent of one hundred thousand. Mm. that's an extra 5k you would have had to save just to get on the property ladder later on hmm. that's why the whole essence of oh get on the property ladder as soon as you can is there because generally property prices go up but as we know from this episode now it doesn't always go up hmm. absolutely absolutely and that's almost the perfect segue to the next part of this episode which you know what though Jack's like we gave an example, the example that we've given when people put down um, a deposit um, on for a mortgage, we, you know, we've said roughly 10%, which is usually almost the, the average um, when people put down 10%. Now, um, um, we're probably old enough to remember or remember the stories of when um, mortgage mortgage lenders were actually providing a hundred percent loan to value, and in do correct me if I'm wrong, in some cases more than a hundred percent. But um, but you're right. It, yeah, I, I mean, we always used to hear this. Obviously, we didn't grow up in this, but we heard of this, and I can only imagine how crazy it was. But of course, that contributed to the you know, the last financial, well, the global crisis um, from 2007 to nine. Um, but Jax, why, I guess, tell me a bit more about all of that and why is it quite important for that potential 10%, I don't know what you want to call it, a buffer, but why is it actually important that m- mortgage lenders are not loaning people 100% loan to values? Yeah, so if you remember what I said uh, when you first asked the question, one of, one of the things I said was, 
um, the whole essence or the whole reason why lenders are happy to lend you uh, a significant amount of money um, and, and just take a small deposit sometimes, well, back in the days it was none, is because they know they can sell the property if for some reason you were not able to pay back their mortgage or the loan, right? And that's fine. If, if I lend you £100,000, Peter, and you know, you, you to buy a house and you can't, you know, pay the mortgage back. I would just take the house and sell the house for £100,000 and get my money back, right? Mm. But that's okay if the value of the house is still £100,000. What if the value of the house has dropped significantly to £80,000? Mm. But Peter, I lent you £100,000. You're unable to pay back that £100,000. But if I was to take that thing away from you and sell it, I will only get £80,000. Mm. So I've lost £20,000. Hmm. That's very dangerous. And essentially that means you, Peter, are in negative equity. Hmm. Right? You are in negative equity because the value of your home is now less than the value of the debt that you owe me or mm. the lender. kind of thing. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be hmm. and a very sad place to be so the essence of having that buffer is it, it, is a safer haven for the lender because hmm. right? then they have to bring about a less it's a less ltv they have to lend you less money right for you to buy that property because you now have more skin in the game you have skin hmm. in the game hmm. right and the more skin in the game that you have it means we're both taking a risk together hmm. right rather than the bank or the lender taking all the risk. So that's that's the key thing. Hmm. Yeah, that is, and as you said, it's quite a sad place to, to be in. So I guess, you know, when people put down a 10% uh, uh, deposit, let's say it was in, because, and again, you know, we're talking about if the value of the home uh, goes down, we can't predict these things. We know history tells us that over time, property prices tend to go up, but there are of course times, just like most of our markets and, and, and assets, the price can take a dip. And if you happen to be unfortunate enough to buy during the time when there, there is a dip um, or a dip a few months, years later after you bought, the price can go down. But if you had that 10% equity at that time, you're almost mitigating the risk of it going into negative equity absolutely absolutely and i think the next thing to really discuss is you know at the end of the day if i uh, and i'm going to use myself as the bank because it makes yeah. the conversation easier if i lend you um that one hundred thousand pounds and um the value of your property goes down to eighty thousand pounds which mm. means if you can't pay and i take the property and i sell it i will only get eighty thousand pounds that's a twenty thousand pounds loss that's only a problem if you actually can't pay back the loan, mm, mm. right? So if you can't pay back the loan, that's a problem because then that's I, that's when I need, you know, to sell the house. Mm. So as long as you are, you know, paying back your debt, your your, your mortgage, um, in a short term, it doesn't really matter mm. the, the value of the property, right? Because you're, no one no one is selling the property at any moment, right? When I say it doesn't really matter, it definitely does matter. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, it mm. is not the worst thing in the world, okay? It does mean that if you need to remortgage, it'll be difficult, et cetera. And we'll go into those in a, in a, in a moment. Mm. But if you just take it as a standalone, it's, it, it's not the worst thing in the world as long as, you know, you keep your end of the bargain, you continue paying the mortgage, and, you know, you keep the house, keep the house. It's generally not the worst thing in the world. Um, but it does become very, very complicated especially here in the UK, the mortgages we take out tend to be shorter term mortgages. And that's when the problems of negative equity can really affect us because we then have to remortgage. Mm. And if we're remortgaging at a place where the value of the property has gone down, hmm. that causes issues. That causes a whole bunch of issues for, for us, the, 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 the ones who own the house, because now the lender will not be willing to lend us you know, a high amount of money because the value of the property that the loan is secured on is is much lower. Hmm. And and if and if that happens, and 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 I think it is a sad place um, to sort of um, be in. Jackson, we'll talk a bit more about you know what one can do to 
um, reduce the risk of this happening or what one can do if, you know, we find ourselves in these circumstances. Now, just to paint a bit of a picture, um, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail about the kind of world we're in right now, but yes, in some places, you know, property prices are expected to to fall down as we sort of navigate through this economic climate. Um, you mentioned about, you know, if someone is in neg- negative equity, the it's a problem, but it becomes more of a problem if they're not able to continue paying down their loan. We we know during um, an economic downturn, you know, things like job losses and things like that happen as well. So there are times when it can be a bit crazy as well. So it'd be good to really talk about what one can do. But Jax, um, particularly here in the UK, and I, I want to say in, in America, I know they do various different deals as well and in different parts of the world, but in more recent time, in the last five, 10 years, there's been an increase of opportunities where people can put down a much less deposit than 10%. So in some cases, 5%. Um, there's government schemes where, you know, the government um, adds like, gives you 20% and then um, you put down 5% and then the mortgage lender gives you a 75% loan to value, et cetera. Um, and then you have to pay back the government after, I don't know, five years, et cetera. But again, there are pe- many people that of course have gone onto this scheme um, where they've only had about 5% um, uh, equity and it's usually on new build properties. Um, and as we know with new build properties, um you know, it's buying, like buying a brand new car sometimes. One of one, first of all, you're already paying a premium, and sometimes the prices go down anyway, straight away before they start going up. Um, and the reason why I mention this, Jack, is because there are obviously going to be people that may find themselves in negative equity as a result of putting down a much smaller deposit, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, so so so, so like, like we said earlier, if, if you put down a, a smaller deposit, you're increasing your risk of actually falling into that negative equity situation, right? Because again, the easiest way to just understand that, I know we've tried to really explain negative equity, and it's not the easiest thing to explain if I get my whiteboard out. <laughs> but you know, um, think of it equity, right? It's your ownership. And so it, the more you own, there's less likely it's going to be negative, <laughs> right? That's the easiest way to, to understand that. Um, but yes, it, unfortunately, I think, um, fortunately and unfortunately, because I do like the idea of, you know, making it easier for the average person to get onto the property ladder for the same reasons why, what I spoke about earlier about the positive side of on having positive equity and using leverage wisely and not having to wait to buy something that's just getting more and more expensive. But what's, what's, what's the flip side and what's actually frustrating for me is what you just said in the sense that a lot of these houses are, you know, uh, priced at a premium. Mm. That's a difficulty, right? Remember, at the end of the day, this was a loan, right? It's that the mortgage is a loan. And you're taking out a loan to buy something that's overpriced. Okay. When something's overpriced, the chances are it will the technical term is mean reversion, but it will come mm. back to its actual price <laughs> at some point. And that's a scary thing, right? And and it's scary for you someone to Firstly, put down a very small deposit so the equity is very, very, very tiny. And then to go and buy something that's overpriced, that's a double whammy. Mm. So it is something that it, I was quite cautious of. Um, and I was even more cautious of it when I recognized that actually buying a home for me seemed now like a status symbol. Mm. Okay. So mm-hmm. on social media, you were getting the average person, you know, every two minutes, they, they will take a picture with keys in their hand. Mm. you know i'm a homeowner at the age of 21 and Mm. i'm going to start a youtube channel and tell you how i got on a property ladder at the age of 21 this Mm. is how i saved um and that was becoming very very popular um and at first when i first saw it i was really excited i was like Mm. yes come on you know we're we're doing better so i realized actually people were obviously going on a very 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 small deposit Mm. um using schemes that require them to um borrow 95% of the value of the home, which puts them much closer to negative equity. And of course, a lot of them didn't really understand what they were doing, not knowing that even that, you know, government scheme will require them to pay an interest mm. um, and a loan back after a specific period of time. I think it's mm. five years. So it is something that, you know, depending on how things go, um, a lot of people can find themselves in that situation. It's not the worst thing if you are financially prepared. Hmm. Okay. It's not the worst thing. It's something you can navigate 
as long as you can hold yourself stable over time and keep up with your mortgages. It, it, as I said, it does become more difficult when you need to remortgage. I think that's a problem, a big problem. And the reason why there's a problem, Peter, here in the UK especially, is, you know, when we take our mortgages, we normally take our, let's say, 25, 30-year mortgage. Mm. It could go up to even 40 years now. Um, what happens is normally it could be like a fixed-term mortgage, which is probably the most popular here in the UK. So you can go for a two-year fixed term, sometimes a three-year, five-year fixed term. Um, even though it's a 30-year mortgage, it's fixed for a certain period of time. And then afterwards, you often move on to something called a standard variable rate, mm. which is often uh, pegged to uh, the current you know, base rate, the current interest rate in the economy. And what we find ourselves, where we find ourselves today now is, yeah, interest rates are high. So mm. the standard variable rates are higher. And so most people um, ideally don't even want to be on a standard variable rate. Generally, standard variable rates are higher than fixed rates anyway. Mm. So most people don't want it. They remortgage onto a new mortgage, a new fixed rate, et cetera. When you come to the end of your fixed rate term, if you are in negative equity, the chances are you will not be able to get a good mortgage mm. like you did before. The chances are you will have to automatically just go onto your standard variable rate, which is what happens anyway, and you will mm. not be able to get a new mortgage. That's the kind of common problem of negative equity, being forced into the standard variable rate, which is, again, it's an option. It's an option to, to, um, to behold. Mm. But I think the difficulty is if it's too expensive, it's not something that you wanted, and of course, you've got situations, right? People may want to move. Mm. Peter, what do you do when you want to move houses? Hmm. Which means you need to you need a new mortgage, but you can't get that mortgage because the value of your property is too low. Mm. That's a problem. So that these are kind of problems that comes with negative equity. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, you know what? For the average person that's probably thinking of you know buying a home right now, um let's probably t touch on that in terms of maybe what some of the things that they can do to potentially, I guess, mitigate that risk of, you know, uh, them going into negative equity in the future. And then maybe we can finish up on for those that have, you know, for the reasons we've mentioned or other reasons found themselves in negative equity, it's never the end of the world. And um, we can discuss like what one can be focusing on doing right now. So um, Jax, I guess, you know, in terms of for the person that is looking to buy their home, I think we probably touched on one of them, which is around the deposit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, the, you could probably guess uh, the answer is to save a bigger deposit. The bigger mm. your deposit, the better, mm. right? For many different reasons. But of course, one of the reasons is so that you don't have the risk of falling into negative equity. So the bigger your deposit, the better. Um I, I generally, and I think you're the same, Peter, let me know if you agree. I say the minimum, in my opinion, should be 10%. Yeah, great. 50% uh, is great, but I think 10% should be the minimum. The more, the better, if you can afford to. That's one of the ways you can set yourself up. The second one, which is quite linked, is to don't overpay. Mm. Don't pay for a house that you can't afford, hmm. right? Too much Unless, house. Too much house. Word to Uncle Dave Ramsey. <laughs> don't buy a house you can't afford mm. um, for, for, for whatever reason. Don't pay a premium. That's the key word. Don't pay a premium for a house. So these are two things, actually. What I've just said is two different things. Don't buy a house you can't afford and also don't pay a premium. Buying a house that you can't afford, the risk there is that you actually fall back on the payments and then you have a problem because you, you the, the lender can't actually sell your house for the right value. That's one issue. Buying a house that's overpriced, the risk there is that the price then drops aggressively and quickly. Mm. Okay, so you don't want to overpay for a house. That's really, really important. So what mm. people can do is they can analyze and do some research to see if the house that they're paying is worth the price. If that's mm. right, the, the house that they're buying is worth the price that they're going to pay, basically. That's the second thing that they can do. I think that's quite important, Jax, because it links to what you were talking about before in terms of the, you know, buying a property in 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 some cases has become almost like a status symbol. Um, 
you know, buying your home, that's not the end of it, if that makes sense. You can <laughs> move on to other things in the future. You can go to other homes and purchase other homes as well. So it's really about trying to live within your means, even when it comes to your home. Yeah, th- things that we preach about consistently, you know, living below your means, uh, don't buy too much house. Yes, I think the way people justify it now is, oh, your your, your, your home is an asset, right? Like mm. it's, you can, it's something that goes up in value generally. So that's a way to justify buying a house that we can't afford and kind of hiding under uh, a different form of Instagram gratification, mm, a different mm. form of, you know, and, and it's quite it's quite cheeky. <laughs> it's mm. cheeky to yourself, really. And <laughs> um, you've got to be really careful with that. Uh, so don't buy too much house. Um, those are the two things you can really do if you're starting off. If you're just buying a house, you're just, just starting off, you know, save, save a bigger deposit, you know, mm. put down a bigger deposit and don't buy a house that's too expensive or mm. don't, don't, don't overpay for a, for a house. That's that's what I would say. Secondly, if you already own a property, um, some of the things that you can do is, for example, overpay a mortgage. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm a I, I like this. I know not everybody does, and I understand it as an investor myself. Of course, the opportunity cost of overpaying your mortgage is money you could have put into financial markets or other assets that would mm. have given you a higher return potentially than than the return you get from paying off the mortgage mm. but personal finance is not just maths <laughs> it's just not maths a lot of it is psychology a lot of it is emotion mm. and there's a difference between opportunity and guarantee mm. you know there's a difference between opportunity and guarantee and paying off your mortgage is guaranteed returns <laughs> okay and what yeah. it does for your mental health and your peace of mind um you know may by far supersede the, the excitement you get from returns on a, on the stock market mm. right so so actually paying off your mortgage quickly or overpaying is a great way to increase your equity quickly mm. okay so if you are someone who you know managed to get a property with let's say a five percent deposit or a very low percentage or even if you just went with ten percent you can increase your equity in a home organically right Oh, what I say organically, actually, that's probably not the word. Organically is the value of it going up. But you mm. can you can have an input as to how quickly you increase your equity bit mm. by actually paying off the mortgage as quickly as possible. Mm. And the reason why I like that, Peter, is because in life we go through seasons. Mm. Right? There's uh, there's a scripture <laughs> that talks about um, you know, um, actually gathering stuff when, mm. when it's when it's when it's harvest time, right? Mm. And saving it and that kind of stuff. Mm. I said all of that to say, when things are going well, that's the time you can actually use the extra money that you're earning to actually overpay a mortgage. Because what you're mm. doing is you're building credibility and you're increasing equity. Such that if we ever go through times where the value of a property goes down, it doesn't affect you too much because you own a bit more of your property and the lender will give you grace mm. because you've been paying down your mortgage. So I think paying down your mortgage is actually a very good thing to do. Most people here in the UK that are fixed term mortgages tend to have a 10% overpayment limit, mm. um, which of course, is not, not many people will be able to actually afford that. But if you can, you can, you can put as much as you can towards that that mortgage um, and just be aware that, you know, it's, it's something that has its benefits. Hmm. I love that. I love that. I love that. And and now, Jax, for those people that, um, you know, we mentioned before around, you know, maybe they are on some sort of uh, government scheme um, where they put down 5% a deposit and the the government gave them, you know, 20% loan and then the mortgage lender, the remaining 75%. In most cases, the government are expecting their money back and you need to start paying it after about five years. In that five-year waiting period for that first five years, what can someone who maybe has one of these schemes, what can they be doing to really prepare for that? I pay back their money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, uh, the whole, and this is the whole conversation about leverage um, that I tell people, don't be over leveraged. Leverage is a great thing where things are going well mm. in a low interest environment where there's not economic turmoil. Leverage is amazing. It really increases your returns. But leverage can also increase your losses. Okay, mm. and I th- I think Peter, um, this is something that that I, I I adopt and I think is a great thing to do is, um, when we are going through periods where things are great, right? I think that's a time to be very 
cautious mm. um, but also to to use the great times to prepare for potentially bad times right? So if you're someone who's invested in assets or anything that's going up in value, sometimes it's good to bank some profits, mm. you know, and, and keep some, what we call some dry powder, which means keep some cash on the sideline. That's something I speak about. Mm. And, and sometimes it's good to use extra money that you've made to, to, to let's say, pay off some debt. So mm. I, 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 I like the idea, for example, someone who's invested in stocks, um, let's say in a don't want to get too technical, but let's say yeah. someone who's invested in a, a GIA, which is a general investment account, mm-hmm. and they've invested and their returns have done really, really well, and and they want to um, take some profits because they want they know that they have a capital gains allowance mm. of twelve thousand three hundred pounds in the UK. They want to take some profit. They take that twelve thousand three hundred pounds allowance as a profit. What they're going to do with that money, right? They can keep it in a bank account, but guess what? You can do even more attractively pay off some of your mortgage mm. okay so you can be very tactical when things are going well when you are earning a decent salary and you are able to out earn your spending that's what we preach that is like the core personal finance mm. you know increasing income and reducing expenses you have to have that margin you have to have a higher income than your expenditure mm. it's about what you do with that difference that's that's exciting but that's also very important and i'd say those people that are you know, uh, that borrowed that extra 20%. Um, that's the, the answer is pretty straightforward. You want to pay back as much as that 20% as quickly as possible hmm. because after those five years, you have to pay them back with interest. Mm. So I think that that's what I would do, Peter. Hmm. What do you think? No, I love that. I love that. You're almost creating a, it's being strategic, right? You accept, you know what? I put down a 5% deposit. Um, The fact that I put down a lower deposit, the interest on my mortgage loan is going to be higher than someone that put down 10%. It's just how it works. Um, In the first five years, also paying down a, uh, a property in that repayment mortgage, you're paying less of the principal value. You're paying more of the interest. It's just, again, how mortgage works. So in those first five years, you're not really paying you're paying down them um the home but not as much so you're paying a lot of interest in the first five years and yeah. then all of a sudden you're gonna have to in five years time you're gonna continue paying down that mortgage loan but then also you're paying back the government and that's in line with what they're charging you at that time in five years so it's quite crazy if you just go onto it without a proper um payment vehicle and a plan for when those five years are up. So anything you can do in those five years to really prepare for that, I'm definitely all for that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head of the key word, which is plan. Mm. You know, for, for me, you know, when it comes to debt um, and leverage, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem against it. Now, I'm not a huge fan of debt, mm. but I don't have a problem with leverage used wisely, Okay. I think leverage is amazing for acquiring assets or getting your foot into that asset. But once you've acquired that asset, I think it's extremely wise to try and pay off that debt as quickly as possible so Mm. you can increase your equity in that asset that you've acquired as quickly as possible. Mm. Okay. And that's why, you know, there is this thing that happened on the topic of property. Um, Peter, there's, there's, there's unfortunately people in our parents' generation who who took out interest only mortgages on their home. Mm, wow. Okay. And and so what happens is after 20, 30 years, they are still due to pay the principal amount on their home. Mm. Right. Now we know this strategy is much more prevalent in buy-to-let properties, investment mm-hmm. vehicles. But even then, what I would encourage anyone who takes out any sort of debt is to set up a repayment vehicle. Mm. Okay. You need a repayment vehicle, some sort of savings account or investment account to use that to pay back the debt. Hmm. That's extremely important. And as someone who works in investment management, I've seen it actually happen at the institutional level where institutions will set up, let's say, some sort of bond repayment fund, Hmm. right? Where they will actually set up an account, an investment account, by the way, that can invest in assets and grow its value. But it's actually set up to repay back a specific debt. And so that's what you're saying, Peter, you know, if you've got that five years, set up some sort of vehicle and save into that vehicle to pay off the debt or pay the debt off directly. I think mm. that's extremely important, Peter. But the key word you said was plan. You mm. need to plan. You need to have a plan. Or unless, well, so how does the phrase go, Peter? If you're not planning, then you're planning to fail. Mm-hmm. Along those lines. 
something like that something like that but no man um yeah it's it's a lot of stuff man and now Jax you know at the beginning of this episode we mentioned you know it's it's not the end of one's world if they do find themselves in negative equity I think it's important we spent quite some time just explaining what it is because it is quite a complicated um thing especially when it's not really spoken about much because when it comes to buying a property and property investing you just hear a lot of the positive things right and which is great but I think it's really good to give a balanced side of things um as well but for the person that I don't know perhaps have found themselves in in negative equity and they're listening to this right now we've said it's not the end of the world what can one be thinking about doing to move through this season I think I think the key thing um, actually starts off with where you're at and what what you want. So, like I said earlier, if you are in negative equity um, and you're not duty remortgage or or anything like that, at the end of the day, you just keep up with your payments, right? Because it could well be that there could be something that happens in short term for your property price to come down, but it could be short term, right? It could be short term and your property you know price can actually go up. It can go up over time. So what you have to do is you can actually just you know stay in your property and you you um you know you continue with your with your payments as usual and just let the time ride it out the difficulty is when you want to do things right so your choices are now limited mm. the difficulty is when uh you want to you know remortgage mm. if you want to remortgage into a different mortgage it's difficult and you're going to get a terrible deal if it, in fact you're only going to get no deal Mm-hmm. right so so often um what you would do in this this situation is just allow yourself to go onto the standard variable rate mm-hmm. there's that as well alternatively if you're someone who wants to move houses that's difficult because how do you change mortgages um because that's what you have to do if you want to move a house you have to actually sell the house right mm. um and 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 well if, if you want to sell the house and buy a new house that's difficult if the value of the house that you're about to sell is less than the loan that you have on it. Mm-hmm. You have a choice. You often have to remain. <laughs> it's just mm. a punishment, right? You just have to remain and wait. Or I know there are, you, you have to, in this situation, you have to speak to a mortgage advisor, mm. but there are some lenders who will actually lend you something called negative equity mortgages. Mm. Now, I am not a mortgage expert. Mm. And that sounds interesting to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the word. That's the word to use. <laughs> it sounds interesting to me, but they do exist. Yeah. Um, so so anyone that does find themselves in negative equity, as I said, the chances are you probably want to just continue with what you're doing as long as you don't have to make any changes. Um, I would I would um you know have a conversation with a mortgage advisor and a mortgage broker, and I will also have a conversation with the lender themselves. Okay, so that everybody's aware of where we are at. Um, the thing about lenders, and by the way, when it comes to residential um, loans, there's a lot of regulation that that will help you, the the the, the consumer. So so we, we, you want to be transparent, you want to be open, you want to, you know, assess your options. There are going to be options, but unfortunately, this is a negative thing. Mm. Um, and with negative things, there are consequences. Um, but I think the key thing would definitely be to 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 try and wait it out and continue whatever you can and speak mm. to a mortgage broker. But all of this also comes down to sometimes uh, one of those things in last Peter in life you got to make more money. Mm. <laughs> You've got to make more money. Hmm. So it could well be that you need to make up the shortfall. Hmm. You need to make the shortfall. So you need to, uh, for example, if you're selling the house and you can't get a uh, you know, you have to pay a higher loan than the value of the house. You have to make the difference mm. um, or you have to, you know, carry that debt with you. So if it's a thing where you have to, you really, really, really want to move. You just have to get that, take that hit and understand that you ha- you have a debt, you're in debt. Mm. And you have to pay that debt back. Hmm. And, I, and I guess also if you do move on to, um, you know, offer fixed term and paying the standard variable rate, um, making more money will help prepare for that when that time does come. And, and I think, guys, it's important to take comfort in that, you know, own, owning property is, is, is a good thing. You know, obviously there's a way to do it, but owning property is a good thing. And one of the main reasons for that is because over time, the the value of properties tend to go up. Um, and so even if someone does find themselves in negative equity, it's really about 
understanding that this is just for a season and it's about yeah. what can you do to prepare for that season but there will be a time when the fuck things will get better <laughs> yeah 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 well as, as long as you haven't bought a crazy house yeah uh, i guess you know <laughs> and that's why it's important to do your due diligence before you buy any property um get it valued i would say get, get a surveyor and that kind of stuff um but yeah generally long term the property prices will bounce back um some people have been in negative equity and didn't even know Mm, right so mm, so mm, yeah <laughs> it's, yep, yep. <laughs> it's one of those things um <laughs> i'm laughing because it's probably so true didn't even know i didn't even know yeah. innocent innocent um, <laughs> just just naive but um it, it, it can happen it can happen yeah, absolutely. often negative equity shows itself up when you actually want to do something and then you realize yeah. actually all oh, the property price is actually lower than i thought that's it so so it's it's I guess also what people can do is actually check the, the property prices every so often, I guess. Not mm. not too often. I uh, definitely wouldn't encourage people to check it more than, well, twice a year. Mm. Uh, maybe if you're coming up to the end of a a, a, um, a mortgage term, then maybe you want to check it more regularly Yeah, and um, prepare for that um, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just, just be aware of it. But, you know, personal finance is one of those things. Um, we always say the key thing is to just be aware, do your due diligence all the time um and and even when things seem to go pear-shaped um there are things you can do and and that's why we we we, we love the fact that especially here in the uk we have regulation that that protects us um yeah. and yeah you know we, we we can definitely even come out with, with we can be in a very terrible situation but we can find ways out of it as long as we're willing to do the work that's it. kind of thing so so even if you'd have to leave with uh, a, a level of debt on your hands you just have to wipe the slates clean mm. and, you know, start your journey again and see how mm. you can wipe off the debt and then move mm. forward. So there's always, you can always restart, but ideally we don't want to get there. Yeah. Prevention is better than cure. Cure. <laughs> um, cool. But no, thank you very much for that, Jetsman. That was really useful um, and a different type of episode for us. We haven't, I don't think we've really touched on that in, in detail. So that was really useful. And hopefully for our listeners, that was useful for one's understanding and preparation for, you know, when you, for people that when they go on to um, buy homes or remortgage um, or get into property investing, etc. Um, and then hopefully of some comfort for those that have found themselves in negative equity. So for our listeners, man, we do appreciate you. If you found this useful or if you find any of our episodes, we've got over 100 episodes. If you found any of our episodes useful, please do um, support us by just sharing the content with other people whether it's on social media whether it's people personally family members friends and um, where there's opportunity wherever you're listening to this on if you can comment um like subscribe most importantly leave a review um jacks i believe if it's on apple Podcasts, you can leave a review yep. um and you can leave a, a, a rating um a star rating hopefully five star five star, rating. Five star. Five star come on come on <laughs> and on spotify as well it really does um us wonders it helps us to be a bit uh, more recognized um we get listeners from all over the world um and it allows for this podcast to reach even more people so if you're always thinking about you know we are we give out value on this uh, podcast and if you want to think about how you can help us that's definitely one of the best ways you can help us so take the time less than a minute to leave a star rating or a comment letting uh, letting us know um the impact that this uh podcast has had yeah 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 yeah, so, um, so, yeah go on jacks no i was gonna say you know just just to, just to conclude um I, I kind of saw it coming and you often ask me at this stage so Jax, anything else? <laughs> come on, come on, come on, go there, go there. Yeah, so so I think you know the key the key thing is you know as I said earlier the key thing is to not to buy too much house. Um, I love that phrase. I think it's something, <laughs> something I'm going to use often. Don't buy too much house. Um, buy a house that you you can afford. Uh, and not just that, don't overpay for a house. So do your due diligence to try and do some analysis on the actual price of the house and whether it's too 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 expensive or not. One way you can do that is you can check the history of the house. Uh, when it was last sold and what mm. price it was last sold for and also look to see what other prices uh, or other property prices were sold for around the same area you can do that kind of research it's called a comparables approach hmm. um, and of course try and save as much as you can um, 
you know, I, I'm a big fan of trying to get on a property ladder as soon as possible, but the bigger deposit, the better. That's the truth. You pay mm. less interest uh, and you're, you know, you're further away from negative equity. Um, alternatively, you can buy, if you find a house that's a good deal, you can buy the house, even with a small deposit. But then, like I said earlier, um, I think I'm a great believer in trying to build as much equity as quickly as possible. Hmm. Um, yeah. And if you find yourself in positive equity, well done. Um, I myself, Peter. Um, I think we spoke about this last week or the week before. I actually found myself on Zoopla. Don't ask me why. I was mm-hmm. doing something. <laughs> and uh, somehow I decided to search for my property on Zoopla. And I was able to see the current valuation of, of my property. And it had gone up by 10%. Mm. Uh, which means I've automa- automatically made about 10%. Well, let me see the math. Probably more, actually. Yeah, It's more in, in terms of uh, my equity increase. So I'm pretty chuffed. <laughs> that's always good to see that as well <laughs> man said he's pretty tough but no jets man thank you very much for that we're gonna leave the last 30 seconds just giving a shout out um to where we've recently got a whole load of new listeners from man and jacks we obviously know this area fairly well in london and this area is called edmonton so jacks man we've got a whole load of new Jeez. listeners we don't know where they've come from but over to you jacks man yeah, Edmonton. I, I I know Edmonton pretty well. It's North London, North London. Um, welcome to the Work Finance Podcast. And actually, I don't know. Um, I don't know who. It, it, we had a a whole wide range of uh, listeners joining us <laughs> from Edmonton, and and it must be a community or something. Um, but welcome, welcome to the Work Finance Podcast. You're here with myself, Jax, and the co-host Peter. And on this podcast, we talk about all things finance and all things finance related. We are also known in the community for providing financial education to the underserved um, young people. And if you want to know more about that, head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk. Sign up to our mailing list and get involved in some of the things that we do. Of course, if you want to follow us on social media, we are predominantly on Instagram and also on LinkedIn as well. If you just search for Walk Finance team on Instagram and Walk Finance on LinkedIn, you will find us. Befriend us, slide into our DMs, let's have a conversation. If anyone has any questions that they want to ask us, any topics they want us to discuss on the Walk Finance podcast, please slide in our DMs, email us, let us know, and we will be more than happy to do so. So yeah, welcome to the Walk Finance podcast. Come on, come on, come on. A massive shout out to you all and a massive shout out to our listeners all over the world. And remember all... Stay woke.